Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we are here on the first day of legal tampering coming to you from this Monday, and you'll be hearing us on Tuesday morning, hopefully, giving you the latest updates surrounding the New York Giants in free agency. If you haven't checked Twitter, well, go and check and see what you missed, because A lot of teams have already been making some serious moves. The Texans going crazy, trading away DeAndre Hopkins. You have the Ravens completely robbing teams on Sunday and also on Monday for some serious draft capital and some big-name players that they were able to acquire, like Calais Campbell, and then moving Hayden Hurst in addition to the Indianapolis Colts trading for DeForest Buckner. The moves are going to continue to fly off the shelves, but the very first one that we get to acknowledge here on Big Blue View is the Giants franchise tagging defensive lineman Leonard Williams. Now, if you recall, midseason before the trade deadline, literally right before the trade deadline, the Giants traded for Leonard Williams from the New York Jets, and because they have not been able to agree to terms, they will franchise tag him and pay him 16.126 million if they cannot reach a long-term deal. If you're wondering what that number compares to other things, well, the Chiefs franchise tag Chris Jones and it is about the same that he is going to be making until they can reach a long-term deal with him. So, Chris, what are are your your general thoughts on uh, Leonard Williams being tagged by the Giants right now? Um, I'd rather have Chris Jones at that number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah, I think we've been pretty consistent with this. I don't think either of us are particularly opposed to Leonard Williams being back with the Giants, but really 16 million, that franchise tag number is just way too much. Even if it comes down on a long-term deal, this really does kind of set the market for Williams. And it is probably going to be upwards of $12 million a year just based on the size of the franchise tag. That is a lot for a player who has flashed but never really become a consistent producing contributor. Yeah, that number right now at 16 is not a finite decided number. It, it could very well change once they can continue to negotiate. The, for those of you that aren't really 100% sure how these tags really work, the uh, the premise of using the franchise tag just allows the Giants in this situation to have some more time to negotiate with Leonard Williams to reach a more agreed upon contract. Like you said, that $12 million range is probably where it's going to land. Hopefully they can get him down to a little bit more near 10 and sign him to a gaudier signing bonus. For If you're wondering how well Leonard Williams did with the Giants last year, he had a half a sack. Also, this is his full stats from last year of 46 tackles and then also two tackles for loss. So not really a stat sheet stuffer, more of a guy that's going to really draw attention and take attention away from your pass rushers. Not exactly a premier pass rusher, not exactly an elite run defender, but take takes up space, is talented, but hasn't really hit that peak or, or that real 
potential that a lot of people were expecting him to when he was coming out of USC. So if they can get him down to a little bit more near 10, I think this would be a bit of a reasonable deal. If not, you sign him with the franchise tag. He plays under the franchise tag for $16 million. And then if they don't like what they see from him this next year after not being able to agree to terms, then they can let him walk and try and find his own contract and, and test out the market. Yeah, it is also possible if things go just badly that the two sides remain far apart on a deal and you know, there's bad blood built up. It is possible the Giants could pull the tag. Dave Gittleman did that before he did it with Josh Norman. So that is one other possible outcome for this. There have not been any rumors of this actually happening, but it's it's worth speculating because the 49ers just did this with DeForest Buckner. They could very well agree to a deal or they could just keep him on the franchise tag and then try to move him. So we don't know for sure if this is an intent to, to fully keep him in New York or if there is a still a possibility that maybe they can't agree to something. Like you said, they could either pull the tag or there's also the opportunity for them to try and trade and move Leonard Williams just because they didn't want to lose out on that opportunity to maybe pick up some additional assets. Yeah, this is a move. It is a step. It looks like Williams will be in New York at least for this year, but it is not a done deal yet. There's still negotiations to go through. There's still different ways this could come out. Yeah, we don't really fully know for a fact how this is going to turn itself out, but if we're just going off of how things are looking, it's very likely that Leonard Williams will be staying as a New York Giant. But as we know from just the start of the legal tampering period, literally anything can happen with any available player that goes in line perfectly with the DeAndre Hopkins trade to Arizona because I don't think anyone saw that coming from a mile away. So we're going to keep giving you updates on that. If anything does change, if they reach a long-term deal with Leonard Williams, as we'll be providing updates on each day that things happened for the New York Giants. The first major signing for the Giants also happened later in the day around 7 p.m. That being the addition of cornerback James Bradbury, former Carolina Panther Interesting move here as we had been discussing the possibility of Byron Jones becoming a New York Giant. Well, he's signing with the Miami Dolphins, which became public immediately after this James Bradbury deal. So this first contract is a three-year, $45 million deal that is going down for James Bradbury. $32 million is expected to be guaranteed in this contract. The six foot one, 212 pound corner will be a veteran addition to the secondary. And we were talking before we recorded our reaction and our thoughts about this. Overall, it's a smart addition here. It's a veteran corner that you're adding to a very young secondary. And we had talked about extensively the possibility of adding a veteran defensive back to just fix and and add a bit of uh, more leadership to the secondary, a younger guy that's going to step in and compete. It's a good, simple addition that's not as expensive as the $17 million deal, deal that Byron Jones is expected to make. Yeah, and it's one we probably should have seen coming. A former Carolina Panther, he was originally drafted 
in the second round of the 2016 draft out of Samford by James, by Dave Gettleman. So it's a player who Gettleman is very familiar with. He is a solid corner. He doesn't have the pure upside that Byron Jones has. He doesn't have that really elite athletic ceiling. However, he does get his hands on the football, which was one of our concerns with Byron Jones. You know, Jones only has two interceptions in his entire career. Bradbury had three interceptions last year. He also had 12 passes defensed, so he was able to use his length to kind of get in and disrupt at the catch point. We'll have to see how the Giants employ him in their defense. He is probably their cornerback one right now, their CB1. And we'll just have to see how he fits into Patrick Graham's scheme. And all those younger guys are going to get shuffled and moved around and used to their strengths. But like you said, it's pretty clear that James Bradbury will probably be the number one guy in their secondary. Not a very old veteran, so he can stick around for further than those three years if they really like what they get out of Bradbury. And he was an overall pretty consistent guy with Carolina. So that is the first move that the Giants had made during this legal tampering period. They have been quick to already make a pretty big splash. It's not like the move, their first move was something light and simple. This was relatively big money spent on one of the bigger, not biggest names, but one of the bigger names uh, available in, in free agency. So far today, they have spent or will have spent you know, whatever the correct parlance is for this legal tampering negotiating window, about $26.7 million between tagging Leonard Williams with the franchise tag and the guaranteed money averaged out per year on James Bradbury. But they're both young. Bradbury's only 26. Leonard Williams, I believe he's about the same age. So the Giants are getting, keeping veterans on their roster who can really contribute through their prime. The other move that the Giants made today is that they put a second round tender on kicker Aldrich Rosas, who had an incredible year two years ago where he was named to the All-Pro team. And this past year had a slight drop off overall special teams inconsistencies and was he was impacted by that issues and injuries from Aldrich Rosas, a new long snapper that came in uh, Colin Holba towards the end of the year. But this second round tender, the way it works is that if the Giants choose to not match an offer from another team to Aldrich Rosas, then they will receive a second round pick in compensation for, for whatever team is trying to get Aldrich Rosas. It's a smart move by the Giants because I don't think anyone's going to be really that willing to give up a second round pick for a kicker, albeit Aldrich Rosas has the potential to be a top five kicker in this league. No one wants to make those that, that kind of a trade for, for a kicker. Yeah, this is really almost as good as putting a franchise tag on him just because teams are not going to be giving up a second round pick for a kicker. Like you said, you know, Al Davis isn't around anymore to go after a big leg kicker with premium assets. So this basically guarantees that Rosas will be a giant next year. Also, it I believe it guarantees him about three and a half million dollars. So as the two sides work to work out a long-term contract, that also kind of sets a framework at about where the Giants value Rosas. I would anticipate that some type of a, a good 
long-term deal will be reached with Rosas because it's clear that the current front office really does like him. He, like I said, has that potential to be a top five kicker in the league if he's consistent and everything's working around him. He proved that with that all-pro year he had two years ago. But we have to see what's going to end up happening with this. Like I said, though, since the Roberto Aguayo second-round pick by the Tampa Bay Bucks, I don't think anyone is really willing to spend that kind of draft capital on a kicker. So it really keeps Rosas locked in and safe to remain a New York Giant as he is a restricted free agent. We have some rumors that we're going to address at the very end of this show, but before we get to them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. You gotta love free agency rumors as they swirl, and soon these various rumors will be coming to fruition once the new league year starts up on Wednesday and these signings can be officially finalized. Right now it's just the legal tampering period, so we're just hearing speculation, anticipated deals that will be coming through and official. But right now, what we're hearing for the New York Giants and names that they are tied to, the first one that really came out today was the Jets edge rusher Jordan Jenkins. He was an outside linebacker, could play defensive end. And this is coming from Ralph Facciano, who is a beat reporter for the Giants. He said that the Giants are interested in Jenkins as well as Kyle Van Noy as cheaper options for them to bring in a pass rusher. Now, Chris, you had pointed out in an article that you wrote earlier today addressing these rumors that you broke down film on Jenkins. It's very coincidental that that ended up happening. What are your what are your thoughts right now on, on Jenkins and how he might fit if he did end up becoming a New York Giant? I kind of like Jenkins as a rotational player, kind of the guy you bring on in third down situa- situations, obvious passing situations. Yet he does have upside. You can see that in the way his stats have tracked over the last four years. Yeah, he started out pretty slowly. He had two and a half sacks and two tackles for a loss his first year, then three sacks, five tackles for a loss his second year. Then 2018, he took a jump, seven sacks, six tackles for a loss. And then this year, or 2019 rather, yeah, eight sacks, nine tackles for a loss. Yeah, he does have a good get off. He's got a good first step. And he does have kind of the ability to navigate the trash at the line of scrimmage. And he does have some good play strength for a 245, 250 pound outside linebacker edge rusher. But what does give me pause about him is A, he is stiff in the lower body, ankles, knees, hips. He can't really bend the corner like you see the really consistently elite pass rushers do. And he also seems really inconsistent in a lot of areas of his game. And I think that kind of comes down to uh, mental processing, for lack of a better word. It seems like he it takes him a couple, an extra beat, an extra two or three beats sometimes to really sort out what is going on in the offensive backfield, whether it whether the quarterback or the running back has the ball in play action or, you know, what exactly he's supposed to be doing in an RPO situation. So those things give me a pause, and that's why I don't think he should be a starter. But if he is like your third edge rusher, the guy you bring on to spell a starter, or when you're faced with a third and long or second long situation and you know the other team is going to be throwing, he should be good in that situation. He also does have some ability to drop into coverage, drop into shallow zones, maybe match up with 
maybe not elite tight end, but I'll uh, I'll say the average tight NFL tight end. He should be able to match up on the those guys, and that would help free up some things for the Giants when it comes to zone blitzes. Now, is he worth the numbers we've kind of heard bandied about for him? I those gave me pause. You're referencing the fact that Art Stapleton is saying on Twitter that the number he's hearing that Jenkins could sign for is around 13 million. So that's about the same that Leonard Williams is going to be being paid once he agrees to a long-term deal. Like we said earlier on in the show, if that is a rotational guy that you're getting and you're paying him 13 million, well, that is not a good contract. We don't know entirely for sure if that is entirely valid, what he might be signed for. Hypothetically, he could be, Sign for cheaper for uh, a, you know a better deal, but if he is brought in as a rotational piece, like you said, I think that that is a nice asset to have. However, paying him premier money is probably not in the market for the Giants when they they probably be better off taking someone like Kyle Van Noy. And then the final thing that has been circulating, which is obviously the most expensive option, is. Jadeveon Clowney, Art Stapleton also tweeted that he is hearing from one team that they fully believe that the Giants are legitimate contenders to sign Jadeveon Clowney. Now, the numbers we've discussed for a while now is about $20 million to bring in Jadeveon Clowney. So it is understandable hearing some of these lower down the list edge rushers that could be signed for cheaper. $13 million, though, I will still say is not that cheap for guys that are are towards the middle of the pack for the edge rusher position. Yeah, if the Giants are going to be giving $16 million this year to to Leonard Williams, I could really understand them not wanting to pony up $20 million per, uh, basically a $100 million contract if it goes over five years, to Jadavion Clowney, especially if that number winds up growing if they happen to get into a bidding war for him. I could absolutely see them go for somebody like Kyle Van Noy, who Spotrack projects at a little over $8 million per year. Although if Jordan Jenkins is looking at 13, maybe that number is a little conservative for Van Noy. That's what happens in free agency. Guys you expect to not be getting much money wind up getting paydays. I mean, we just saw the Miami Dolphins agree to a contract with Eric Flowers that could average $10 million a year, basically what the Giants are paying Kevin Zeitler. So free agency is expensive. So we kind of have to take these numbers with a grain of salt and realize pretty much everybody's going to be overpaying, but still. Yeah, to make moves to bring in these guys, it is really going to take some serious money if they if they really are uh, if they're really hung up on trying to get a certain player and they think they fit perfectly with your scheme. If there are other teams vying for that guy, you are going to have to put out a little bit more money. So maybe if the Giants don't get Clowney, they really think that Jenkins is going to be their guy and is going to work perfectly in this defense if they use him the right way. Well, then they're going to probably be willing to to spend that $13 million. That's why to the Giants front office, it doesn't sound too ridiculous to them. And it might sound ridiculous to you as a fan. Final thing that we want to talk about here that has just become official 
per Adam Schefter that it, very important to touch on because we have constantly pushed and talked about this guy and hoping that he becomes a New York Giant because the Giants have had so many issues along their offensive line and needed a veteran guy to step in. So Adam Schefter tweeted that Jack Conklin of the Tennessee Titans has agreed to a three-year deal with the Cleveland Browns for $42 million with $30 million fully guaranteed per Rosenhaus Sports, uh, Drew Rosenhaus. So that is another guy that is already off the market before the official signing period has even started. Legal tampering has been in full swing. Guys are, are popping off the shelves in Jack Conklin and also Anthony Costanzo is also off the market. So there's very, very limited options right now for the Giants to resolve any offensive line issues. Yeah, I think right now maybe we should be looking at like Brian Bulaga, likely formerly of the Green Bay Packers, Graham Glasgow. Uh, I haven't seen that he has agreed in principle to a deal with anyone yet. Interior offensive lineman center, formerly of the Detroit Lions. I'd also like to mention one thing before we go. Like Things are happening fast. Like The Jack Conklin news literally, literally dropped as we were recording. Make sure to check your sources, folks. There are a lot of people out here tweeting things really just to create chaos. There's a lot of fake accounts. Check your handles, check your ads, and try not to pass along anything that you can't verify. I would say this applies to pretty much all areas of life. Check your sources. Make sure what you're passing along is real good, solid information. Don't get suckered by somebody pretending to be Adam Schefter. Yeah, there's a reason why Twitter has the verification badge. Always check whenever you see something on Twitter in your timeline that was retweeted by someone who might have been not paying attention fully. Click on that account. Always double check your sources before you decide to believe that it is 100% correct. People will change their names their avatars, they will even add emojis to the very end of their names. So it appears that that verification badge is legitimate and you might not notice it because you don't look too closely. We've all been caught at first, but you always have to check and double check and verify that is the the correct and right source. So there's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to happen over the next week. We are going to be here to cover all of that for you every single day that there are moves made by the Giants and additions to the team We will be giving you a breakdown of the salary and also how that player might fit with the Giants and how they'll line up with the team in New York. Make sure to stay tuned and check out whatever other stuff we're going to be giving you the rest of this week. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Stick around and wait during the week as we continue to break things down for the moves made by the New York Giants.